Hello, this is Manja Kutze and I am the editor-in-chief of What's on Weibo, a website reporting the trending topics on Chinese social media. And this is the third What's on Weibo podcast. For this episode, we've selected some of the biggest discussions that have been trending on Weibo and other Chinese social media platforms over the past two weeks. One of them is the idea of scrapping China's two-child rule. We'll also talk about an unexpected call for laws against animal abuse, and we'll dive deeper into the Chinese sentiments online regarding Trump versus Biden. But first, there's been huge online commotion over uh, experts suggesting to allow Chinese citizens to have three children as soon as possible. This news was introduced on social media on Weibo by The Paper, a Chinese news outlet, on October 27th. And what you saw is that the hashtag for this topic, or the hashtag page, actually received over 570 million views within two days. Thousands of people discussing this, a lot of heated discussions, and all because of initial comments made by Ren Ziping, who is a chief economist and vice president of a Chinese large Chinese research institute, the Hengda, or Evergrande Think Tank. Um, these comments were made in light of China's 14th five-year plan. But we should actually see these comments in the bigger picture, of course, of China's dropping birth rates and aging society because China is dealing with a demographic crisis. Uh, No other country in the world is aging as rapidly as China is. Right now already, 16% of Chinese citizens are aged 60 years or older, and it is expected that by 2050, over 25% of people will be 65 years uh, or older. And the problem, of course, is that there has been no fourth baby boom because there have been three big baby booms since 1945, uh, one during the 1950s, a second one from uh, 1962, and then there was a, a third one from 1986 to 1990. And that generation, the 1986-1990 generation, is now all grown up and you would expect a fourth baby boom to happen, but the contrary is true. And um, of course, this was this 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 demo- these demographic problems were known already, uh, which is why in 2016 all Chinese couples were allowed to have two babies under the two-child policy that was then announced. Or I don't know if you want to call it the two-child policy or just the end of the one-child policy uh, that was introduced in 1979 to control the size of China's rapidly growing population. But anyway, the the results of this this two-child rule are much lower than expected. Actually, in 2019, China's birth rate fell to its lowest uh, since 1949. So now there's this idea out there of allowing three children, thinking that maybe that would help China deal with its demographic challenges. But Ren Ziping on social media actually said that it, it was also for... Uh, it was also to give Chinese families more autonomy in choosing childbirth and in planning their own families. 
Well, you saw that on Weibo, one post about this topic received almost 50,000 responses. And um, although a few people applauded this idea, most of the people were quite pessimistic and spoke about the economic pressures that come with having a large family in China. And you saw that people were saying, even if you would allow us to have 10 children, it doesn't matter. And also many people saying, I cannot even afford to buy a house or a car, let alone to have two or three children. And um, you also saw these recurring comments about people saying, as long as there are problems with housing and education and healthcare, it is no use to introduce a three-child policy in China. Um, nevertheless, there are also people speaking out with a different voice, saying that if such a new regulation would be introduced in China, there are actually more positives than negatives. 我为什么会这么认为？首先，我个人认为放开三胎这个政策肯定是好处大于坏处的，而且以后的话，这个生育政策它肯定会完全放开，就是不管你以后会生多少小孩，这个只是一个时间问题。而且开放三胎并不是说
physically punished them. And immediately when this incident with the Chinese guard also went trending, you saw that his personal details were shared everywhere. I saw his ID, his address, everything. So you see, you see that people become really frustrated because there are no other options. For example, there was one case in 2016 of a man sexually abusing his dog, videotaping it, and then disseminating this footage online. A group of then at least seven animal welfare activists identified the man, they traced him down, and they went to his house, dragged him out of his home, he wasn't even wearing any clothes, and they recorded how they publicly shamed him and kicked him and beat him with a stick uh, while others made sure that his dog was removed from the home. And this incident also went viral at the time and it led to heated discussions because the man's actions actually were not illegal and there were also people wondering to what extent these animal volunteers were ethically and morally correct in doing what they were doing. And at the time, author uh, Peter Lee wrote in the South China Morning Post, we also covered this at the time for What's on Weibo, is he said, already Chinese society is divided into two camps, animal lovers and their opponents. Their conflict could develop into social unrest if the government continues to tolerate animal cruelty. And you saw that um, this social unrest that he's talking about, that's definitely true. There was another story in 2017, uh, a heartbreaking video of a weeping young girl who was holding her killed dog. And this video went viral. Her dog was actually shot by a neighborhood guard with an air gun. <laughs> And her dog died instantly. And in this video, you can see this inconsolable girl crying, wake up, Kwai Kwai. The dog's name is Kwai Kwai. Wake up, Kwai Kwai. Wake up, please open your eyes. Really heartbreaking. The video was taped by the mother who spoke out on social media saying, I strongly urge the Chinese government to implement an Animal Protection Act as soon as possible. And also, there was a lot of anger about this because the local guard was in fact detained. He was detained for six days, but only for possession of an illegal weapon and not for killing the dog. So the fact that now, years later, state media is speaking out about an immediate legislation on animal abuse is, of course, a very hopeful sign for many in China that the government will actually soon implement an animal abuse law. And now on to the topic that everyone has been discussing over the past few weeks, actually not just in China, but everywhere, uh, Trump versus Biden. As people all over the world are watching these latest developments surrounding the American elections unfold, let's go over some of the main views that you, you can see surfacing in China's social media environment. Mm. But first, I want to take you back a little bit to general sentiments on Chinese social media regarding Trump. Let's go back to 2016, because in 2016, when Trump just got elected, it seemed that many people and even official media showed a somewhat fav favorable stance uh, towards Trump. 
Um, maybe also because Hillary was just seen as the most anti-China candidate, but also because it was Trump's war on political correctness and, you know, his new pragmatic way of approaching politics that many at the time said they appreciated. Something that was a recurring comment on Chinese social media was a new broom sweeps clean. You know, there was this sense of excitement, this new American president, this funny businessman who was just stirring up some turmoil on the world's political stage. There was even a Donald Trump meme song that went viral on Chinese social media in 2016. Um, the song is originally a communist song praising Mao Zedong, the East is red, and it hails Trump as America's great savior. The original text of the song goes, The East is red, the sun is rising, from China comes Mao Zedong, he strives for people's happiness, hooray, he's the savior of the people. And then the Trump version goes, The general election is approaching, from New York arises Donald Trump, he strives for the voters' happiness, you are fired, he's the great America great savior, he's the savior of the American imperialists. But all jokes aside, this generally somewhat positive view shifted to a far more negative one after the president's controversial phone call with the Taiwanese president uh, in 2016 and his interview with Fox. I took a call. I heard the call was coming probably an hour or two before. I fully understand the one China policy, but I don't know why we have to be bound by one China policy unless we make a deal with China having to do with other things, including trade. I mean, look, we're being hurt very badly by China with devaluation, with uh, taxing us heavy at the borders when we don't tax them, with building a massive fortress in the middle of the South China Sea, which they shouldn't be doing. And at the time, many Weibo users called Trump an idiot and said that he really had zero understanding of how dip diplomacy works. But I should also mention, despite the, the confusion that, that you saw on Chinese social media after um, these, this interview and after the, the Taiwan phone call, was that in 2017, you did see some positive sentiments again. And Trump's granddaughter, Arabella, who was then five years old, actually also played a role in this because she had been learning to speak Mandarin and she at the time seemed to be part of America's diplomatic charm offensive, if you will, in China. Um, she featured in a short video that was shown to Xi Jinping and uh, Peng Yuan during an informal tea when Trump was in Beijing and, and, and they were visiting the Forbidden City. And you see that Arabella in the video, maybe you know the video, she was dressed in this Chinese style dress and she was singing songs in Mandarin and she also recited some poetry. <laughs> Uh, 
and the video received millions of views on Chinese social media. It was not just shared by netizens, it was also shared by official media outlets such as Xinhua and People's Daily and CCTV, with many seeing this video and um, Arabella's efforts to learn Chinese or actually, you know, her mom's efforts to make her learn Chinese or perhaps Trump's efforts uh, in, in this. They saw it as a sign of a better China-US friendship. And they said also that it was the best present that Trump could ever bring to uh, China during his Beijing visit. But over the past two years, views on Trump have really soured along with, um, well, worsening US-China relations. Of course, the trade war uh, in, in 2019 with the US Justice Department officially filing these charges against Huawei and the extradition, uh, you know, seeking the extradition of the chief financial officer of Huawei, Meng Wanzhou. And then more recently, of course, uh, in September, we saw the ban on WeChat and TikTok, um, which also, of course, worsened, uh, further worsened U.S.-China relations. But what especially made Donald Trump more uh, unpopular among Chinese was the fact that he pointed the finger at China after the outbreak of COVID-19, repeatedly calling it the Chinese virus. There was a, a recent video on, on, on TikTok or Douyin, the, the Chinese TikTok, asking Chinese kids, young kids, how they feel about Trump. And there is this one kid who says, why is Trump so bad? You know, calling it the Chinese virus while they brought it about themselves. They're saying, I don't, I don't wear a mask, there's no problem. And then still calling it the Chinese virus. And they say, don't go to China. Well, it clearly should be, don't go to America. Well, Donald Trump is often nicknamed the king of understanding or the king of no on Chinese social media, Dong Wang. But more commonly, he's also nicknamed in a joking way, Chuan Jianguo, Chuan Jianguo, which basically means build the country Trump. And this name is just one among many. I mean, there are also many other names for Biden, for example. But one reason to call him Chuan Jianguo is to make fun of Trump's words and actions because it is suggesting that Trump's behavior and his leadership is only bringing America down. And in bringing America down, bringing America down, it only further accelerates the rise of China. And that's why Trump is sarcastically also called America's gift to China. Build the country, Trump. You help make China great again. So... Hearing all this, you would say that it's crystal clear that there is a general consensus among Chinese social media users in online discussions that Biden is the preferred candidate over Trump to win the upcoming American elections. But that's also not the case. Although it's been reported by various international media that um, China's leadership allegedly would prefer Joe Biden over Trump, this is not necessarily reflected in, in Chinese social media discussions from, um, from what we've seen at, at What's on Weibo. 
And actually, Western critics are also divided over whether or not Biden is the preferred candidate for the Chinese leadership, because some argue that Trump who is seemingly not too concerned with human rights issues in China and has also weakened America's traditional international alliances, is actually favored over Biden for basically strengthening China's position in, in international society. So there is no real general consensus on social media from, from what we've been reading, even though... Um, Trump himself says that Joe Biden is the preferred candidate for China. That's not necessarily true, because despite the fact that views on Trump have shifted throughout the years, and you know, like what I just said, you have had major shifts, the discussions on Weibo and other platforms are still multidimensional when it comes to this American president, because many are not impressed by Biden's performances either. Some praise him. They say he's being, you know, he's very mild, he's scholarly, he's refined. But others also think that Biden is uh, is the weaker candidate because he uses a lot of empty words. They say he talks in cliches. Um, and, and some do like him, but merely because he's the enemy of the enemy. So you see very, very different opinions. Also, there definitely are a lot of Biden fans, but there are also Trump fans. And I think what was quite noteworthy that there was a recent WeChat blog about the U.S. elections. Um, it was also shared a lot on Chinese social media. It was posted by state media outlet Global Times. And in this blog, the author claims that when it comes to China, it actually does not really matter who wins the elections. Writing, Regardless if it's the Democrats or the Republicans, both hold a negative stance when it comes to the China issue. So basically saying no matter who comes to power in the future, there is a high probability that they will continue to suppress China. They say, if Trump wins, we'll see more of what we have already been seeing now, without much international support. If Biden wins, he will be more likely to seek international consensus to target China and make use of international organizations to put pressure on Beijing. Also, Biden is probably more concerned about human rights and democratic values than Trump is. So there are many Chinese web users who, who for this reason alone, would rather see Trump than Biden win. And that is actually the build the country Trump, the 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 Chuan Jian Guo kind of reasoning, uh, as one Weibo blogger uh, writes, I, I I just saw this popping by. He says, "I hope Trump gets reelected. It would just be better for China." So uh, there was also an online poll recently um, asking people if they would like to see Trump be reelected or not, and almost nine thousand people participated and. Well, 74% said that they hoped Donald Trump would get elected again. Uh, 5% said he hoped that they hoped he would not be reelected. And then another 21% said they felt indifferent uh, about the American election, saying that it would not make much difference for China anyway. And of course, I'm not saying that Weibo represents all of China. Um, but I do think it's noteworthy that uh, that you see these kinds of results on on Weibo. Uh, you see that you know I noticed that there are many people who do care about the American elections, um, but they mostly care about the American elections for how the outcome would affect China. 
And, uh, and then there are those who just enjoy watching the spectacle of US po politics. Um, and you see some people saying, oh, I just love how confident and unruly Trump is. He is legendary. That's what some people also say. If Biden comes to power, the coming four years are going to be much more boring. And some other people say that without Trump, the world's just going to be a lot less fun. But there are also those who do not care for any more Trump memes or jokes or spectacle. Uh, there was this one comment that was liked a lot where one person said, every day I check my phone, it's all about Trump. I really hope that once the elections are over, I don't need to look at any more Trump news. Well, I'm sure that there are many people who agree with him, but as uh, we just showed, I think you see that the discussions on Chinese social media are definitely very multifaceted. There are so many different opinions and it's definitely not true that there is a general consensus or this singular preference for Biden. Um, I would not perhaps not even say 50-50, uh, but anyway, very mixed. And um, we'll of course uh, keep monitoring the trends to come and also the reactions once the American elections are over. So please tune into the What's on Weibo podcast next time. Subscribe to us through Spotify or your Apple or any other podcast app that you are using. We will probably be there. Uh, also, please don't forget to follow us on Facebook or Twitter or LinkedIn um, because we will be updating you with other trending topics through the whatsonweibo.com site. And please join us next time. Until then, bye-bye.